if you came here to hear experts on being able to shape story with data, encourage sales teams to leverage the advantages of broadcast companies with agencies, clients, and others, if you came here to this live event looking for thoughts from one of the most amazing radio talents and programmers in the country right now, you are in the right place. Turn it up. Welcome to the Radio Rally on the Clubhouse app. What you're about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing stories from some amazing radio people, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. Today's live event will be a podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, and will be available soon after the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Meet our guests live on the Clubhouse app or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a thing. We have two podcasts at The Encouragers. Uh, Dose, that's The Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast. That's the Wednesday night that we do. And The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast, which, of course, comes from every one of the Monday night events, becomes an episode. Both of these podcasts are on Apple Audible, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast, you can download them, get them right now. But just wait till after we do this, because this is going to be really fun. Today is December the 6th. And of course, uh, today, you are really fortunate because uh, you and I get to hang out with Corey Dillon from 100.7 Big FM in San Diego. Our guest today, Pierre Bouvard, who is the Chief Insights Officer for Cumulus Media and Westwood One and the President of Cumulus Media, Westwood One Audio Active Group. We're gonna hear all about that. And it's gonna be fun to, to hear what they're working on and how that is. Also, Melissa Chase is here. She is with KHMX and KKHA. She's the brand manager, on-air personality, morning show talent, Odyssey in Houston, Texas. Before we get started with this live event on Clubhouse right now, I don't want you to forget about next Monday, December 13th, Tom Baldrico will be here. He is the corporate country brand strategist at Midwest Communications. And of course, he'll be able to tell us all about what their strategy is and where they're going in the future. You can see all of our guests and our guest calendars for both of our live weekly events all the way into January now, because we do schedule in advance. You can get that in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. We also have encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series, and even more encouragement for local sellers because of how important that is. That's the engine that keeps things going. You know this. It's We do that with our encouraging sales success series, as well as we have free resources for anyone in the radio industry today. We do not lock away anything on our site the way some consultants do. So go directly to RainmakerPathway.com anytime and see what you can get for free from our team. Please do follow the people on the stage at this event and look around the room for people that you can connect with while you're here tonight as well. We are big about encouraging you in your broadcast career to connect and network with other folks. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We help media companies and other companies with strategic direction, separating their products successfully from competitors, and helping understand consumers. Of course, we're also all about getting attention in the environment in which you are judged. I call that environment where you make your money and working with Rainmaker Pathway, RPC, is about growing your revenue. That's what we do. Everyone knows that consumer behavior is changing so rapidly. Find out how to protect yourself and grow your local brands. If you know somebody's looking for fresh answers, hey, have them reach out. We'd love to help. Uh, we are confidential and market exclusive for radio. Reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. One more example of how we are encouraging radio pros at all levels, no matter what they're doing in the radio business. We have the 2022 sales liftoff planning your bigger revenue year coming Thursday, January 13th. 
2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, a little bit different time for us. We want you to join us here on the Clubhouse app for an event that we plan to do quarterly for sales managers, market managers, and local sellers. We're specifically on this particular uh, version of it, this particular live event, going to talk about recruiting new sellers, how to help you get more out of your Q1, and to drive your revenue for the balance of the first half of 2022. My co-host for that uh, event is going to be the current sales consultant, Alec Drake. Uh, he just spent like 15 years as the director of sales for Cumulus Media in Dallas, and he's going to bring with him two additional revenue partners. Chuck Wood, who's the VP and general manager of Delta Media Group, a multimedia company comprised of seven television stations and nine radio stations in South Louisiana. And Scott Howard, who is the general manager at what, I'm sorry, general sales manager, I just promoted him, didn't I, at Wow Wow Radio, which of course is Federated Media in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So the Radio Rally is our weekly opportunity to visit with radio uh, with our group, the Encouragers. If you haven't liked or joined the Encouragers, please do it tonight. Of course, we have at least two live events every single week designed to help grow your radio and audio career. My amazing co-host for tonight is Mornings at 100.7 Big FM in San Diego. It's Corey Dillon. Corey, I have a quick question for you before we bring on your guest today. Are you ready? Okay. Yep, I'm ready. All right. So here's my big fat question. You know that we're encouragers because the name of this group is the encouragers. I see that you're doing things on TikTok. You know that I believe in the power of talent learning, reaching out for audience in all the places where their audience is not just on radio. Can you share with us the kind of things that you are sharing on TikTok? And I also feel like it's it's good for a variety of talent around the country to hear that there is actual strategy, specific strategy with content on different platforms. If you don't mind, can you also share what your strategy is as a morning show talent in San Diego with this platform, TikTok? You know, well, with TikTok specifically, my strategy is just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks, because I honestly don't think I'm ever going to be a, a huge TikTok star. I mean, I, th I think that it, it's an audience, you know, anybody in top 40 should definitely be going after. Um, but you never know. I mean, that guy, um, where was he in uh, Nevada? Or I, I, can't, I don't remember where he was, the guy that went viral. He was really like an older guy and uh, got a truck out of it because he played the, um, the Fleetwood Mac song and that went viral. I mean, you just, you just never know. So I'm just kind of doing some things that I've seen work for other people, although they're much younger than I am. And, and, you know, in fact, one of my inspirations is Kat Haley who is now on TikTok radio and she's sort of been a mentee of mine going back to when she got her first job. Um, I think it was in Kentucky uh, and I met her at Don Anthony's morning show boot camp, actually. And I knew that there was a morning team looking for a third chair producer. And I, I told her about it because she was on the hunt. And, um, you know, she just she just attacked TikTok during the lockdown and the pandemic like nobody else and created a, a base of followers more than 700,000 strong. She's probably way above that now. Man. And and uh, Sirius XM. And Alex Terror came looking for her. And so she was doing some stuff in the studio, but she's also doing, she was doing some kooky things. Um, but, you know, there's lots of different things that work. I don't do TikTok dances for anybody that's interested. Um, <laughs> well, but you know. there's a lot of that going on. And those, in right. some cases, are middle-aged women. I'm sorry. Well, it's right. Clear. I mean, but you just never know. I mean, I, I think it's it's all about really being sort of an early adopter. I mean, we can all copy everybody else and, and everything they're doing, but it really always comes down to like how unique and individual can you be that people will want to follow you and copy you. Well, and it I mean, is that's, about that's being really yourself. what you're trying to do. Right. It's being yourself wherever you are. Yeah. And Absolutely. you do a great job of doing that. And speaking of that, you have a great guest for us, don't you? I do. And Melissa's much better on TikTok than I am. Melissa Chase, currently serving as PD of Odyssey Houston's Hot AC, the legendary Mix 96.5 and Adult Hits 95.7, The Spot. My friend Melissa Chase 
has really made uh, you know a, a great career for herself. She's now in Houston, but for 12 years she was in her hometown, Richmond, VA, and she was an OM. Uh, I don't think she got enough credit or recognition for for that in a time where there still aren't very many women in leadership. We met about, I think it was, she'd have to tell me, Melissa, six years ago in Jamaica. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's true. It was, a, it was a radio tour. And I look back now and we always joke because it's like, God, if we'd really sort of let down our garden, gotten to know each other, it would have been a, a whole different trip because, I mean, we got off to a great start right away. And I liked her because she was an encourager. Even back then, I was not in a great situation or, 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 or job that I was enjoying. And she, she just said, you know, Hey, I told my boss about you. I really love you. Are you, you know, are you happy where you're at? And I'm like, well, as a matter of fact, I am not, <laughs> but it was just, it was just good to hear that from, from you, Melissa. Um, you know, but I, I think I want to start off with the, the way that you're probably internationally known at this point is because in addition to, you know, having your TV chops, um, built at MTV networks, you were also featured, I think for the last couple of years on shark week on the discovery channel. Tell everybody that story. <laughs> um, yeah, well, thank you for the kind words, by the way. And it's a good thing. We didn't know each other better in Jamaica. Or there'd be no rum left on the entire Island. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, to, to Lloyd's point of how you have to get weird with it sometimes and, and being yourself. I think that's one of those things in radio where if you really open yourself up to it, we're all a bunch of weirdos with crazy stories. And there's something that happens along the way where we just lose our filters and we sort of psychologically twist all the crazy things in our lives into great stories for on air or for social media. And yes, I got bit by a shark a couple years ago, um, which is fine because I survived, but it did turn into a fabulous international story and getting my own stunt double on when sharks attack. That was like a, a cool new thing, but it was fun <laughs> to see that that was the story that went viral. You never know what's going to actually hit with people. Right. But, but you, I mean, but you've really, I mean, just something as simple as, you know, when the shutdown happened and there was that meme going around that was like, you know, the ladies in whatever town, you know, after a, a month of lockdown without being able to get our lashes or our nails done. And, you know, the lashes are like half off and, but you, with your daughters, you know, I saw you do, um, you know, I, I think you did it on just about every platform, but just like how to remove your nails. I mean, and that was, I think a, a, a big hit for you. Yeah, it's funny. It's just like in mornings, like sometimes the things that you focus the most effort on, like doing a great video or coming up with a great segment, like they bomb and you feel like the biggest idiot ever. And you're like, why did I spend all this time producing this or creating this or learning this dance? And it did terrible. And then you'll do the dumbest thing on air ever or make the silliest video and it takes off. So it's almost like you don't really know what's going to happen. So you just kind of have to throw the spaghetti at the wall, as you said earlier, and just kind of yeah. see what happens. Well, and yeah, so social media has become just so incredibly important to what we're doing in radio and audio. Um, in addition to being bitten by a shark, you're pretty open about your life on social. So what is your philosophy when it comes to the kind of things that you think air talent like yourself or your staff should be sharing? Well, I don't think that we hire DJs anymore. I think that that we hire personalities. And so something that I often tell people when they're applying for jobs and when I speak at colleges and they want to get into broadcasting, I'm like, show me who you are. Like, let me know what your personality is. You have to use social media to your advantage to showcase that personality because that's what listeners want. They Anyone can talk over a record. We can all ramp a song. Like, that's not a big deal anymore. They want personalities. They want people they can relate to. So when you really showcase that that piece of yourself that makes you different, it, it changes things. So even we're all doing a lot of the same stories of Hollywood content, right? But someone's not listening for the story. They're listening for right. your take on the story. How do you make it different? What did you do that made them excited? They already know the story. Why are they coming to you? So I think that social media is a great opportunity to expand people knowing who you are and help people understand, all right, what is the filter that I'm going to get and why should I pay attention to that person, whether it's on social media or listening to them on the radio? Right. I mean, you know, and a lot of the times, like you said, you want to hire a personality, but when I was searching for a job for two and a half years <clears throat> and I was super frustrated, I was asking my agents at the time, I was like, what are they looking for? You know, I've got great ratings. I've got this. 
And my agent at the time said, well, they're looking for people that can get attention. And I don't know, I sat on that for a little while and I was like, oh, they're looking for people that are popular on social media. And I think sometimes they're swayed by that, that number of how many followers somebody has or a pop one popular video like brew who, uh, you know, as of today, like around noon or whatever, they, they just, um, uh, flipped the switch, you know, Odyssey did at KNX in Southern California in Los Angeles. Um, but you know, he's got, I don't, I'm sure over a million followers on TikTok, and his, his gig is that he, asks his followers what word he could, should secretly say on the radio. And so they just love it. But, you know, does that translate into listeners? So I, I just wonder where the focus is from a programming point of view. Is it on how popular they are or truly the content that they're producing? I think it's a little bit of everything. I, I mean, for me, when I'm hiring, I want someone who's got a social media presence, but I think we've got a lot of diamonds in the rough out there too. I don't think the number is the most important thing. I think it's about what are you doing to engage people who are following you? And, and I would rather have someone that seems to have really wild creativity and interesting ways. And maybe they don't have that massive following yet, but maybe I can see them and kind of figure out, all right, well, this is where they would totally shine. I, I don't want people to get discouraged because they don't have a massive following. I don't think that it's just about the numbers. There's more to it. But I also think, Corey, to your point about feeling like sometimes people apply for jobs and you don't get them and you're like, something is wrong with me. It's like the dating pool, right? Like yeah. where, where you're like, but I look good and I feel good and I'm, I've got this perfect profile and everything seems great on paper. Sometimes it's just not the right fit. And whoever's hiring may be saying, it's not that they want a TikToker or some kind of influencer. They have something in mind that they need. Maybe it's a, a gap in the station and they're looking for someone who's got a certain kind of strength or they want someone that's going to bring a certain kind of flavor to the table. And hopefully you've got a great social media presence showcasing who you are as a person and you've got a good person who's hiring that can see yes this is the right match or no it's not it doesn't mean it's you it just means for the casting it, it just wasn't the right fit for what they're looking for right you know I, I love to quote George Clooney <laughs> the esteemed George Clooney who said I had to stop going to auditions you know, hoping, oh, gee, I hope they like me. Instead, I had to go in thinking I was the answer to their problem. So I think, you know, it's it's sort of a, a, a game because you're trying to figure out what they're looking for and you're hoping that you're that person and maybe you're even willing to, to sort of become that person. But, you know, and maybe they don't even know what they're looking for until they find it. So it's it, like you said, I think you just really have to go all in on what your brand is. And I think, I think it was Gary Vee that said, your brand is your reputation. Like, who are you? What do people know they're going to see when they, you know, look at your social media? I would say authenticity is also really, really important, though, because if you're faking your social media presence in order to appear like the person you think someone hiring wants to hire, it falls apart, right? Listeners can feel through that. Anyone can see through someone. You can only fake your way through for so long. So I think you truly have to be your authentic self when you're presenting that. And that will be what matches. Don't don't try to fake your way through it. Yeah. Now, you know, anyone in radio is wearing more and more hats these days and you've held so many different positions. You know, I think you've been in promotions and APD, PD, obviously, OM, you're a brand manager again. Now, do you seek out all these avenues or did you kind of raise your hand when they were offering up? another hat to wear? How did that come about for you? Um, that's a great question. A little bit of everything. Um, I, I've always hated when you get asked, you know, what's your five-year plan? I, I've never had a five-year plan. And the reason why is because I think our field is evolving so much. And I know yeah. that like back in the day, you would have that aspiration. I want to be in this market, or I want to be a program director, or I want to, you know, be syndicated on all these shows. And I think that back in the day, having those goals was good because it helped you get there. I think though, through the influence of technology and the expansion of what radio has become as an auditory and visual experience in so many ways, I think if you pigeonhole yourself to just thinking, this is what I want to do, or this is the market I want to be in, you kind of limit yourself in the learning process where you're not really learning everything. So my goal has just sort of been learn everything I can, as much as I can, so that when opportunities present themselves, I can come to the table and see what I've done. And I also feel like the other secret is get weird with it. 
like most companies are looking for people who are innovators, but innovation comes in a lot of different ways. And sometimes that just means being someone who will be creative and taking risks. And that puts you in that role to move ahead to whatever that is. A position that you're being considered for may be a position that hasn't been created before. And someone says, oh yeah, this person is really good at this kind of thing. And I would like to try them for this. So don't, don't limit yourself in thinking there's a next step up. There's no steps up in our business. There's steps all over the place, like a crazy right. pattern. It's, it's not the same as it was 20 years ago. It's like the radio cha-cha that we're doing these days, you know, because like, like, um, uh, Fred Jacobs study, the Jacobs media study that said that m most of us really don't care what market we're in anymore. And, you know, I, I've, I've defended people that I've worked with that have gone to much, much smaller markets now as I have, I mean, Atlanta was a much bigger market than San Diego. Um, but it, it really is about quality of life. And if you're in a situation and a job where you're happy and you're working with people that you enjoy and you're allowed to sort of be yourself. Absolutely. You have to find your happy. And I've seen so many of our industry friends that have stepped away from radio and found new ways to do radio because of stepping away from it, which sounds crazy when they quit at the time, but it, it really does let you step back and get really innovative and find new ways and new perspectives to do it. Yeah. And I'm, you know, and I, and I was there shortly after we met. Um, and, you know, since then I've worked for three different companies in three different states and, you know, I was I was a month away from losing a gig when we met. But I remember that you were working in Richmond and how much you loved it, how happy you were to live there and work there, you know, for the rest of your life, as far as you were considered. But as we've talked about, things happen in radio and things started to change there as they have everywhere. So what did you start to make moves when your spidey sense kicked in or did you just wait for the universe to sort of unfold? I mean, how did, how did that happen with Pat Paxton and Odyssey and how did you come to land in Houston? Um, I think, I think you have to find your happy and you have to figure out what makes you excited to come to work and excited to create. We're all creators. And I think if we don't have that passion and excitement, then it's really hard to feel like we love what we do. We don't work a nine to five job. None of us do. We all work right. jobs with crazy hours and you're show prepping 24 seven and you're on social media all the time and doing events. So, so you really have to love what you do. I think for me personally, I just felt like the new the direction of my company was going into a place that just didn't really match what I was thinking that I really wanted to do. So I decided to step down and see what else was out there. And I didn't know if it was going to be radio or if it was going to be nonprofit or something else. Um, and then I got a call from Houston and it turned out to be a really great match. Again, going back to you have no idea what's going to happen. Houston was never right. in my 10 year plan. So um, I was excited for the opportunity. Sometimes you just have to go for it. I mean, that, that was an amazing twist of fate for sure. And how do you think all your experience as a programmer influences your on-air work? Because you are still on air. You have a, an on-air show every day. Yeah, so I did. You're mornings. a busy girl. <laughs> I'm very busy. Um, I, I did mornings for 22 years, so I will say that being on in afternoons is way better as far as sleeping in goes. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a big change. I, I like being on air. I like to continue the on air process. For me, I think that it changes the way that I program the station personally, and not everybody's the same way. There are a lot of really brilliant programmers that aren't on air or haven't spent a lot of time on air. But I think my brain works where I, I hear the music differently. And I feel the station differently and it enhances my creativity and my feeling for what the station is and what the listeners are looking for out of their experience. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, are you one of those programmers that is a coach to your staff? Yep. Do you have air check sessions and oh, yeah. that stuff? <laughs> we air check, yeah. we coach, we do drive arounds where you listen to the show. I mean, we, we do all of it. I think coaching is one of the most important things. And I, I think it's really challenging. And this is no disrespect to anyone who feels like they don't have time for that. But I think a lot of us get in that time crunch where you want to air check all the time. And sometimes you feel like that's the thing that drops when you're trying to do your daily to-do list of all the things. So I think that it is really important and it's something that we all need to focus on being able to do and prioritize. 
Yeah. Now, I think we've talked a, a little bit about this, but if you, you know, at this point in radio, if we're not looking outside of radio for inspiration, I think that we're missing the tide as it's changing. So where do you get your inspiration from? I think you get a little bit of inspiration from your girls. You've got two young girls and I think they've, they've, I'm guessing they've helped you with TikTok and all those other things, just sort of their intuitive, um, you know, their instinct as to how to use it or what's, what's fun. Yeah, I have a 13 year old. So basically her feedback is often that like, I'm very cringy to use her words. <laughs> Which any yeah. parent of a teen or a preteen will know, like that is the word you're like, oh my God, I just nailed that. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you put that on the line. <laughs> Um, so, but I do look for trends and, and trying to see and learn from her, which is kind of cool. But I think you have to look at everything. You can't just look at social media as your inspiration for things. I mean, even when I follow social media, I love some of these big companies. Like I think, uh, Wendy's was one of the first, uh, companies and for the food side that started getting really snarky with their Twitter yeah. and picking on different people. And I thought, wow, how crazy that like they have a voice, like a restaurant, fast food restaurant has such a compelling voice that people are following them and they're never talking about food they're just talking smack to people so i think that you, you we can't just look at ourselves in like this glass bubble of like we only look at radio we only look at social media like we have to look at all different ways that companies are jumping out and doing things differently that's that should be our goal see how everyone's moving forward and find weird ways for us to do the same thing and, and as far as social media goes, I mean, you know, I think a lot of these programmers or companies, they want to hire these social media stars that may or may not even have any radio experience. Is, is that translating anywhere to ratings? You know, hiring these no, nobody known to radio listeners. And I, I'm sure that, you know, CHR has a bigger issue than anybody because the younger the demographic, the less they're listening or getting their music from radio as far as we're told and we understand. Well, I think the one thing that a lot of influencers have picked up on pretty quickly is that if they want their algorithms to stay solid, they have to get interaction from people. And so, you know, that's our goal too, is to connect with our audience in a way that creates interaction, whether that interaction is responding to a call or wearing a meter or, you know, filling out the diary, whatever that is, we're also wanting to get an interaction from someone. So I think influencers have been good at doing that. I don't know if that always translate, but there are some very successful people that have gotten hired and I haven't seen ratings for sure to know that they are making their mark. You do see people like Brew, who's done a really great job for Odyssey. Uh, you see people like Mason, who just got picked up in Dallas. So right. there are some people that are showing that they can generate interaction and those are definitely people to keep an eye on. Now I will say on the advertising side, that is always a question that comes up you know, in different sales meetings. How do we position our personalities versus influencers? And there's a lot more and I'm sure Lloyd's got more information on that as well but we are the original influencers and, and we hear it and we say it but it really is true we connect directly with our listeners and people who really are going to buy these products versus people who are just looking for entertainment on social media right and I, I don't I don't remember where I read it but I was just reading it today that you know all these non-radio platforms are now trying to be more like radio which you know it's just an odd twist of fate um and i think that radio we were evolving before the pandemic but obviously the pandemic either sped things up or they changed the trajectory of where we were headed so what impact has the pandemic had on you personally or professionally as far as your philosophy and how we're doing things in radio I think, Did it change anything? Yeah, I mean, I think for sure it's forced a lot of us to get more creative in how we do things. Um, it was really neat to watch everybody doing shows from their homes. Like, Corey, I know you had a glass of wine in every single one of um, Yeah, at least. I don't think you're alone in that. But it, but it was neat trying to see everybody become more casual. And I, I think that there was something really beautifully authentic about that, of seeing how all of us dealt with the pandemic and our listeners going through the same thing. So we sort of let everyone peek behind the curtain, which is a really great thing to do in our business. Everybody doesn't wanna see this, this Instagram perfect versions of us. The reason why our listeners connect to us is because of our flaws and what makes us us. And so I think that that, that enabled that. Um, so it was, it was really nice to see more authentic selves coming from the pandemic. Right. And, and, you know, I, I know that uh, we have to wrap up here in a, in a few minutes uh, so that Lloyd and, and Pierre can have their say. But this is called The Encouragers. And, and I'm sure 
you know, you've had some stumbling blocks along the way too. So what advice would you have for somebody who is on the sidelines trying to get back into radio or trying to keep a job in radio or just trying to find what's next after radio? I think for sure there is life after radio or after your current situation. I think that that's a really hard pill for a lot of us to swallow because it's personal to us, but also we get listener feedback all the time. And that's really hard to change a job. That's a very public thing. That That's really hard. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing is keep working on your brand and know what your brand is and know what you bring to the table. It's, it's your value. It's what you do. If you don't know who you are, as far as being a personality, then you, you can't pitch yourself for that next opportunity. And you can't expect that someone who's hiring will know right away. So keep doing your social media. Even if you don't have a ton of followers, keep making videos, keep working on your podcast, keep doing all the things that you can do to be creative so that your brand is out there and it's a strong brand. And that when you go to connect with that next opportunity, they know exactly who you are. That's what it's really about. That's so awesome, Melissa. Thank you. It's always so good to talk to you and, and see you virtually or otherwise. And, uh, you know, I know that you're very active on social media. Do you want to just tell everybody where they can follow you or maybe it's linked in your uh, profile here on, on uh, Clubhouse, I'm guessing. Thank you. Yes, LinkedIn profile and it's at M Chase Radio everywhere. Okay. See, you're good. You got the same thing everywhere. I didn't unfortunately get that, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm a little behind the, the curve on that one, but Melissa Chase, you are a star. I love you. And, uh, I hope to see you soon. Thank, Talk to you. You. Thank you so much for joining us. Stick around though, because I know Lloyd wants you to stick around and I'm sure the rest of the class does too. Yeah, we might have a question or two from the audience for you. Listen, I just want to say first, thanks to Corey and Melissa just for letting us listen in on that conversation. I know you all have other conversations. It's probably just like this. It's really amazing. Uh, you, you hear people celebrate thinking differently all the time, even in our business. I feel like I got to say that. But did you hear that from Melissa, what she said? She quit her job because it wasn't feeling right. And she was looking to bring her value to the next step, not to Houston, not to radio, not, but to the next step. She is literally being true to herself. That is amazing to hear and motivating for the rest of us. Every single week we have visits with radio pros from different parts of the country and we do it for a single reason. We're here to encourage you and encourage anyone making a living in the radio business today. This is where you can come and hear from people you might not ordinarily get to hear from in an intimate setting, talking about radio right now, and you can meet them on our clubhouse events. I am so excited to have our next guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. His resume is intimidating. I'll just tell you that right up front. And yet it's because he has long been considered a very serious data man a research man, somebody who understands the fundamentals of ratings, the close relationship between ratings and revenue. And today we catch up with the chief insights officer for Cumulus Media and Westwood One. By the way, our guest is also the president of Cumulus Media Westwood One Audio Active Group. I am speaking directly about P uh, Pierre Bouvard. Now, now listen to this. He leads research and marketing teams to support the Cumulus and Westwood One sales organizations to tell the story of radio, America's number one mass reach media. Pierre Bouvard works with brands and uh, their agencies to use data and analytics to target the right audience and measure impact. This interview should be interesting to anyone who uh, 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 I guess in any media or at any media brand, anyone who's responsible for revenue, anyone who uses data to tell the story of your brand or brands and how important they are to advertisers. Pierre, please welcome to the Encouragers in the Radio Rally. How are you? I am good and I am good and I'm excited that Corey's in San Diego because I have uh a daughter who is going to be going to uh, the University of San Diego next fall. So now she has a new favorite radio station to listen to, and she's going to yeah, she can, she's she going to be growing. <laughs> she can come stay with Aunt Corey. I swear, I'll be on my best behavior, Pierre. All right, all right. And she's a <laughs> rower, which means she gets up 
at, like at the crack of dawn. So she'll, wow. be, she'll be listening to your first hour there. That's awesome. Excellent. Well, listen, the first thing I want to ask you, Pierre, is, is, is probably not something that you get all the time. Probably nobody asks you. I don't know. Uh, of course, it may not be true, but you are an individual, it seems to me, that firmly believes in the direct power and value of continuing education. I think that's so important in anybody's life, in anybody's industry. Am I understanding this correctly? Northwestern University, 1983. Uh, the Wharton School and their Advanced Management Program, 1997, and Columbia Business School in 2008. What drives your commitment to self-education? Well, uh, the last two stops really were courtesy of Arbitron. When I was uh, running sales and marketing there, the company believed very strongly in improving folks that work there. And so those those were not three-year or four-year programs. Those were kind of like 10-week things. But um, I, I love learning, and uh, I've always been a voracious reader. And uh, in my current job, I, I think a lot about marketing effectiveness and how do you get results for advertisers. And so there's a tremendous amount out there that you can read. Uh, to understand, you know, how advertising works and how to make it more effective. And uh, so I am a lifelong student. I get that from my mom, who's a college professor. So I, ah, I see. Learning. I see. Well, listen, I also see that at Northwestern University, you got involved with WNUR. Now, was this your first involvement with radio or is there more to know that may not be known about you? In other words, Tell us about those first experiences with radio. Yep. So in high school, uh, my mom, we had a little high school radio station at the school I went to. And uh, so she helped me get an internship at a talk station in Boston, uh, WITS, Information Talk and Sports. Get it? Uh, and yes. that turned into a love of radio. And so while I was at Northwestern, I interned at uh, WCFL, which at the time was a news talk station. And so always had radio in my blood, even at, you know, even at Northwestern. And uh, the turn my career took was really to the information side of the industry coming out of school and, and going to work for Arbitron. Very interesting. Listen, I imagine a lot of people are fascinated with your insider knowledge about the world of Arbitron Nielsen, but I want to point to some other additional highlights just for anybody who's listening, not just now, but on our podcast, because this does become a podcast for people on demand. And that's where people really kind of sink in for it. Uh, something that took me by surprise in your past experience, you worked as an EVP for Coleman Research for five plus years. Of course, you were a board member, partners uh, committee with Scarborough Research. I feel like your experience with Arbitron Nielsen is perhaps without peer. A lot of people would feel that way. But you also did research analysis for TiVo. Now, in fact, if anybody looks at your resume, it's so impressive for the variety of experiences and responsibilities that you've had and what you know about different, I call it different pages of our industry and the consumer, which is really a focus for you. Did you purposely set out to have such a diverse career of experiences in these areas? Uh, you know, somebody, Corey, I think said, you know, I didn't have a five-year plan. I, I guess I could tell you I was always curious. So when I was at Arbitron, I was fascinated about what actually goes on with music testing and how does it work and how do perceptual studies work and how do they help ratings grow? So I was really interested in like the programming side of our industry and Probably the funnest job I ever had was working for John Coleman in terms of really understanding how you get ratings and, and how you build radio station brands. So I think it was my fascination with different aspects of the industry, like the TV industry at TiVo or programming at Coleman that kind of led me to these different paths uh, over time. 
it's really amazing that you jumped into these different things. And I'm sure that it has made you have more robust experience that you can bring to your current job. You've seen so much in our industry from a wide variety of experience that many just don't have. What missteps do you feel that you've seen broadcast companies make when it comes to data, ratings, and maximizing revenue? Um, I don't know if I'd say missteps, but I think that, like, for example, when PPM came into being 10 years ago, um, somehow we interpreted this data as to be, oh, personalities have to shut up. And we just got to shut up and play a lot of music. Now, flash forward 10 years, what I've learned is that the personalities and the talk uh, uh, at radio stations is what makes our advertising work better. Because if you look at a Pandora, you look at a Spotify, and you actually ask their listeners a very simple question. When you hear talking, like when talking comes on, can you hear what they're saying? In other words, is it turned up enough? And, and half the time, Listeners to Pandora and Spotify will tell you, oh, when there's talking, I can't hear what they're saying. And you say, well, why is that? Well, it's playing in the other room softly. And we do not need to turn our radio stations into Spotify, the thing that's playing softly in the other room. We have to talk more. You know, we have to do more breaks an hour. We got to create more stop sets and be more foreground, uh, not kind of these background jukebox. So I think that... The, the somehow looking at PPM and saying, oh, we have to shut up. I, I, I don't, you know, having been there at the time, I don't see why, you know, we would have done that. It's very interesting, right? People panic and, you know, you see something new and everybody wants to, to surround it and go, okay, well, how is this going to be a problem for us? And you're right. There's such a huge difference between active listening and passive listening. Yep. The other thing that I think, I don't know if we understand when we do this, but there's something that we do that is very self-destructive. We are the only media industry in the world uh, that demonizes commercials. You will never flip through a magazine and see a, a promo page that says the next 20 pages commercial free. You will never see that in a magazine. You will never see a TV show where the newscaster will say, you know, the next 10 minutes commercial free. For some reason, we purposefully poke our finger in the eye of our advertisers and we hide commercials. We clump them, hide them away. This is our only revenue stream. Like we don't get affiliate fees. Like this is the only thing that pays us money. So that that's something that has always been so curious. We do this commercial free thing. We don't even think about it. Why do we do it? Oh, it's what we've always done. But if you take a step back and say, this is our only revenue stream, why are we demonizing commercials? <laughs> Let's celebrate them. Let's not make fun of them. Let's not say, you know, we're going to go commercial free. I mean, that is self-destructive. Well, and I must say this, just to kind of point this out as a programmer, I always hope that people are developing actual strategy and not just following along, paint the numbers, you know, uh, paint by numbers, because I think that's where you get into a lot of homogeny. Listen, I actually feel that television and radio have a really unique opportunity to study each other right now and learn from each other when it comes to consumers, the use of data and leveraging revenue in local markets. Here, uh, uh, you know, you have experience with both. I wonder about this. How different do you find radio and television? And what have you learned that you think applies to both? Well, when I was at TiVo uh, calling on network television sales staffs, I was very impressed that they devoted a lot of time and energy to proving impact. So when they had a big client spending a lot of money, they would take a portion of that investment and buy that client a research study to measure the impact. And I stole that. Nice. <laughs> brought, it to West, brought it to Westwood One. And if you ever go to our blog, we are publishing every week a brand new case study 
that does just that. So we are constantly fielding advertising effectiveness studies on behalf of our big clients. We're doing sales lift studies, brand lift studies. We're doing we're testing creative for them. So that was something that impressed me that TV takes the time and energy to hire third-party research companies to measure results and then publicize those results to other clients. Well, let me ask you this. You do this for your big clients. It must separate you and set you apart with them with, at Westwood One and Cumulus, right? Well, here's what sets us apart. Um, most media companies will do a study of the campaign on their network or their station. Our studies are of the entire radio campaign. In fact, we never do a study unless it's a study about the entire radio campaign. Now, we do that for two reasons. Number one, uh, advertisers roll their eyes at what are called vendor studies. Um, oh, Twitter did a study that said Twitter does great. <laughs> right. Those studies don't have a lot of uh, credibility with brands. But if you come in and say, no, we're going to study your entire radio campaign, regardless of vendor, that makes them sit back and go, oh, that's actually useful. Um, so that's something that we have consistently done. Also, by the way, if you're measuring the entire campaign, it's going to look better. <laughs> so, you know, there's some self-interest for the industry here that these studies really show the full power and impact of radio. Very good. Listen, we're about to be in 2022. In fact, forget that. If you're in a media business, you're already in 2022 right now. Maximizing revenue, it's become so critical. And it's often almost the only conversation. How important right now is the data in individual markets across the U.S. in your opinion? Um, I, you know, there's two ways to use data. Uh, one is to find the right audience, to target, you know, to connect the advertiser's target with the right people. Another set of data is proving impact, showing results. I am a much bigger fan of proving impact. Um, you know, so that's where we devote our efforts. And there are a bunch of companies like Leeds RX and Analytic Owl and others that can connect the dots for local retailers showing how radio ads drove people to the website of that local business. So, you know, a lot of companies are investing in those tools. Um, I think that's going to be just super important uh, moving forward to really be able to connect the dots and show uh, cause and effect. 100%. Listen, I love getting a few minutes to talk with you about how Cumulus and Westwood One looks at the power of radio right now and, and how to best leverage revenue. Your company delivers premium content choices to 245 million people reached each week through 454 owned and operated stations broadcasting in 90 U.S. markets, including eight of the top 10, more than 8,000 broadcast radio stations affiliated with the Westwood One Network and numerous digital channels. That's a lot. Tell us about your role in maximizing knowledge, communication, and revenue for Cumulus, because all of those things play a, a powerful role in the success of the company today. Sure. So I mentioned we're constantly doing these uh, measurement studies for advertisers. So we take each and every study that we do, we cloak it and we publish it for the entire industry. So, you know, if you go to westwoodone.com blog, uh, you will see literally every week we're publishing a new case study. So one of the things we do is we'll take these case studies and send them to our you know, a thousand or so salespeople around the country. So that that's one, we're kind of a publishing house internally, both to the local markets and to national advertisers and agencies. A lot of times we get calls from agencies that say, hey, I need a case study from pharma or I need a case study from consumer packaged goods. Can you send me something? So we're kind of the librarian of effectiveness 
for the industry. And we kind of publish all this stuff because what we find is the more case studies and insights you put out there, the more you can kind of bring new advertisers into audio. I love that. Listen, uh, you know, I saw this pop up last year. Uh, well, this year, whenever it was, it wasn't it wasn't too long ago that this actually occurred. Can you specifically talk to us about Cumulus Media Westwood One Audio Active Group? Sure. So that's a advisory group that we have that I work with that helps national advertisers with audio. So, you know, the world doesn't need more data or research. What the world needs is recommendations and advice. And so we get brands that are asking us questions about, okay, I'm coming into podcasts. Can you help me understand how to find the right audience? Or I need to measure impact on my brand. How could I do that? Or I'm not quite sure whether my creative is working. Can you help me test the creative? So we are an advisory service for national marketers and their media agencies uh, on all things audio, whether it's streaming, podcast, or, or radio. It would seem that in doing the things that you're talking about right now, you would naturally, through gravity, develop additional relationships that you might not have had before because i do think people will come for those white papers i do think people will see you as a resource i do think that people will stumble onto you and say i need to know more well what we found is when you are presenting like just last week we presented a sales lift study to a major national retailer and the study was conducted by nielsen they matched all the people meters from around the country they found panelists that were exposed to the campaign through the minute by minute data they found panelists that were not exposed they matched the meters to the credit card data in the household so they were able to really connect the dots and say because you were on radio, here's the actual sales effect of your campaign. So this wasn't a survey. This was literally matching people that were exposed to their credit card data. On the call, we had somebody from the client. Now, you don't often get, you're not in those rooms a lot, but when you're actually showing them useful information about their brand and their customers, yes, you can have different conversations and you can meet different kind of people we're being helpful to them i gotta tell you i i have a little bit of experience with what you're talking about uh and i'm just gonna tell you i think that's really powerful that that phrase you just use when you can show them something internally about their brand about how their brand is seen about what can happen with their brand and they know it because you know let's face it if you have experience with the brand and you're really doing your job, you know things about your brand that other people don't know. And when you discover somebody like you who is showing you something significant, it has a powerful impact on you. Listen, you have great experience dealing with both PPM and diary markets. What have we learned that helps revenue from PPM and is it different, uh, the, you know, the way that you deal with different market sizes in such a large company? Well, I think one of the things that PPM taught us is, you know, there's this myth that radio is a frequency medium, meaning that our sole benefit to advertisers is the ability to hit someone over and over and over again. And it sounds kind of kind of horrible, like we can pound your message. What PPM taught us is radio is a reach medium. Uh, and what Nielsen has revealed is that AMFM radio is America's number one mass reach media. Uh, it is shocking to advertisers to realize that you pick the demo, 1834, 2554, whatever the demo is, radio reaches more people in that demo than linear TV. That is a shocker. And so I think PPM has taught us that, you know, reach, that's that's our success. That's really our calling card, not necessarily, you know, pounding people, you know, over and over and over again.
You know, it's really interesting. Don't you feel like sometimes we're our own worst enemies as an industry? Now, I see a talent like Melissa, who is clearly amazing, and Corey, too. And, you know, you think about they're living these existences and they're creating things for these brands, relationships. And don't you feel like sometimes we just kind of discount our value internally? Well, what <laughs> what the world is learning is is there is a new trend sweeping advertising called attentiveness. And and attentiveness says, okay, yes, that ad was delivered on the social media app, but did anybody notice the ad? Did anyone Thank even you. look at their phone? And what all of the research studies we've done have shown is that radio talent and personalities, when they're talking about a, a advertiser, it's like your best friend telling you something. Yep. And we have done study after study that shows the difference between if you have a pre-recorded commercial, whether it's in a podcast or on radio versus the air talent doing the ad, not reading a script, but doing it authentically in, you know, kind of ad libbing here and there. That has a living huge, it. huge impact. Yes. And you can't get this in TV. The newscaster is not going to look at the look you in the face and see, you know, my wife and I were looking for a mattress and we found purple. That's never going to happen. So we mm. are very unique in the ability to kind of, you know, kind of subtly weave uh, a marketer in and do it like your best friend is telling you about this. Well, I think radio is emotional. Radio tells an emotional story and we are wired for storytelling. So, you know, your best personalities are going to be able to weave those stories in for sure. Listen, to me, I, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say this next question really slow. OK, it's my last question for you before we kind of turn to the audience and let them ask questions if they want to. But to me, you can see the absolute explosion of choices that can now distract consumers there. It's not going to shrink. It's going to get bigger. So making certain that you are fully developing great brands looks to be much more important to me than ever before. In your opinion, what is the best way to position radio for its most robust future? Well, we started the first half hour with a discussion between two great personalities. And I think that truly is what's going to you know, be the, the key to, to robust future, meaning let's take our great personalities and take some of their talents and put them into a podcast or leverage them into our stream. So I think air talent and personalities are, are really going to be a pillar of um, future growth. I also think podcasting, um, you know, in 1970, FM was only like 20% of listening and everybody made fun of it and they laughed at it. And 10 years later, FM was 50% of listening and nobody was laughing anymore. St music streaming, Pandora and Spotify, their biggest numbers were four years ago. They are not growing. Pandora is collapsing. The ad-supported service of Spotify has tiny, tiny ratings. The, the fastest growing aspect of audio, there are two of them. One of them is podcasting, and the other one is AMFM streaming, uh, just the stream of our stations and so absolutely podcasting is really going to be the other major pillar to to our industry well i think people don't understand this and i i am always preaching like look it's kind of like you're whale hunting and you're going look there look look right there look what the personalities can do people want to hear from someone who can tell those intimate stories, who can tell a story that they want to hear. And and that's why you see this explosion in audio. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Pierre, I, I want to thank you for being on the radio rally and spending this time with us. Can you stick around a few minutes in case we've got folks from our audience who might have a question for you? Absolutely. Listen, follow the people on stage at this live event. Look around the room for others that you can connect with and might want to network with because really cool people uh, developed in on this show. Uh, we, our purpose 
is to encourage and networking is a huge part of encouraging your career in radio. We are going to open up the room in case there are questions for you, for our guest or anybody on our panel, actually. And of course, we ask that you uh, just push the button at the bottom of your iPhone or your Android device uh, right on the app itself. It's got a little hand, looks like a notepad. I'm sure that's supposed to be an iPhone or an Android device. We will bring you up on the stage. We do ask that you mute your mic when we do that until we call you. By the way, I also got to say this. If you don't want to call yourself out and be part of the conversation, you don't have to do that either. Check in anytime to get the latest update as we continue to add our guests. We publish our full updated schedules for both Innovation and Audio, our Wednesday night event, and the Radio Rally, our Monday night event at RainmakerPathway.com. That's also where you'll get free and fresh resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business. We do care about the people in this business. Look for our free blog section for the hookup and share it with your friends because that's how we get to know other people as well. Also, don't forget, uh, join us Wednesdays on the Clubhouse app live for innovation and audio with Skip Dillard from WBLS and Hot 97 in New York City. On our Wednesday live events, we deal with real-world innovation. That's our focus. We bring in people uh, for that live event that you may not, surely may not ever meet in any other situation in your life because of who they are. They talk about how to create environments uh, that encourage innovation. They talk about how it's done, and you will not have any, any guesswork about this. You'll know when you meet them. They are true innovators. It's our way to give a different creative perspective about change, creativity itself, and of course, innovation. This Wednesday, just two days from now, on our live innovation and audio event, we will feature Tori Smith, who is the co-founder and CEO of something called Inditex in Redwood City, California. We're going to find out all about that and how they're innovating in an area that will be potentially amazing to everyone's life. I mean, everybody who listens to this, either live or on our podcast. I do have a question from our audience for Melissa. As a talent, Melissa, I want to know what motivates you. And, and I need to be specific about this to make sure I get this right. Uh, what they're asking about is your company, your management, the people at the top. What experiences do you have that you go, man, that really motivates me? That's a great question. Um, I think loving your environment and feeling like you can create in that space and the trust level that comes along with it are really, really important. I think that especially now, as you look at a lot of research on some of the younger generation, people will just peace out of a job if they're not happy. And I think that that, that really shows how important environment is. I think we've all worked for people that we really enjoy working for. And then we've also had people that just, we didn't want to go into work. And I think our field, we should never not want to go into work. Um, I, I just, I'm really impressed. This is my first time working with Odyssey. Um, and I'm just really impressed with the way that they're really about innovation um, and, and they're okay with you trying new things. And I think that having that comfort of knowing that you can try something and it may not work, but they want you to try something different and get weird with it. Um, I think that that's really helpful in feeling happy and, and wanting to be there. And I think that the environment within the building um, for your staff is really important. I think that the fun factor has to be there. We have an amazing GM, Sarah Frazier, who's, she's bananas. Like she just wants everyone to have a great time and, and be social and have fun. And she is so appreciative and she feels the need constantly to tell people when she's really appreciative and to share when someone did something amazing. And I think that that is really important. The more that we feel appreciated, appreciated um, and, and that we can take risks, I think makes a huge difference in the value of what you want to bring to the stations. Really powerful advice. And Melissa, I just want to thank you again for being on this live event. One one appearance on the encouragers and you bring so much really smart material to us pierre i've got a question for you uh, this one is more like this I, you come in contact with a lot of people on a lot of different sides of our business uh, i mean you're you're kind of sitting at the top what do you see on the programming side and what do you see on the sales side as a trait that makes people really successful 
today inside Cumulus and Westwood One? Well, I, I, this is not just unique uh, to Cumulus and Westwood One. I, I would say curiosity. Um, it's so easy to kind of just say, well, this is what I know and this is what I know works, as opposed to saying, well, let me learn about that. Let me think about that. Let me learn more about it. And I, I think that's a really cool attribute is, is to be kind of perpetually curious. Very good answer. Listen, I, I we do try to keep things to about an hour. One of the great things about our live events is that you can come and listen. No one is required to ask questions. Listen, I want to thank you for joining us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the Radio Rally. Remember, if you know someone you would like to hear as a guest on the Radio Rally, email me, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you certainly have a great week. We like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station you can get anything else you want our thanks to pierre bouvard and to melissa chase for being our patient and giving guest a very special thank you to joe kelly for producing the encouragers the radio rally podcast which should be available uh any minute now or certainly in the next 30 minutes or so uh, or sooner and thank you to just joe for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast please do share our podcast the encouragers the radio rally podcast and the encouragers innovation and audio podcast with others who are interested in growing their careers in audio people who are interested in innovation we got you both podcasts are available on apple audible spotify and wherever you get your podcast remember this if you don't remember anything else be kinder than you have to be thank you for being a part of the radio rally and the encouragers and good night